You're listening to Trail Correspondence presented by The Trek, a media company dedicated to long-distance backpacking. Get even more at thetrek.co. Hello and welcome back to Trail Correspondence. I am your host, Moron, and this is episode 11, which is all about the mental game required to attempt a thru-hike. You might hear thunder in the background, as it will imminently be raining soon. In fact, I just saw a transformer explode. Denial is not just a river in Africa, and it's the stories we tell ourselves that frame our experience as heavenly or hellish. To quote Henry Ford, whether you think you can or can't, you're right. And while I'm quoting people, I'd also like to pull this one up from one of my favorite writers, Sapiens author Yuval Noah Harari. Homo sapiens is a storytelling animal that thinks in stories rather than in numbers or graphs, and believes that the universe itself works like a story, replete with heroes and villains, conflicts and resolutions, climaxes and happy endings. When we look for the meaning of life, we want a story that will explain what reality is all about and what my particular role is in the cosmic drama. This role makes me a part of something bigger than myself and gives meaning to all my experiences and choices. And since I'm on a bit of a quote role, how about one from our very own Zach Badger Davis on the topic? What we call reality is really just an interpretation of events based on prior life experiences. So if reality is a byproduct of our perceptions, it's our job to rewire how we perceive tough times. We need to look at the glass as half full. A through hike is hard and not just in the ways that are obvious. As mentioned so many episodes ago when discussing how I got my trail name from Atlas, according to him, success requires a unity of the body, the spirit, and the mind. Today we focus in on the vital role that three-pound mass of worn weight between our ears plays in managing one of the most arduous tasks a person can assign themselves. Let's get into it. Second Pudding here, reporting in actually not from trail. I am currently in Denver, Colorado, uh, taking a few days to just recoup and relax after hitting the northern terminus of the PCT about a week ago. I made it to Canada, who'd have thought? (laughs) Today, we are gonna talk a little bit about the mental game and that side of hiking a long trail. I went into the PCT fully expecting for the mental challenge of it to be as much of a challenge as the physical Um, and physically I was doing okay and for the most of the trail I was mentally doing okay too. I didn't feel anything but positivity towards the trail for the first couple of months. I think it was the excitement and the adrenaline of finally starting after so much anticipation and being in the incredible desert and especially once I met my trail family that I then spent the rest of my hike with and in the lead up to Kennedy Meadows such a huge huge milestone um it all kept me and everyone around me super motivated we were just having a blast every single day um it was it was wonderful it was it was properly magic and also the amount of miles I still had yet to hike like over 2000 (laughs) meant I couldn't even really comprehend how far that was um I wasn't thinking about the big picture so it kept my brain in check 
for sure. Um, but I did definitely start to experience a switch. I think when in Oregon, maybe like a week or two into Oregon, maybe a week, yeah, a week into Oregon. Um, and a lot of others around me went through the same thing and we talked about it a lot and likened it to our, our own version of the NorCal blues. Um, because we'd skipped the Sierra, we were a lot further north than Northern California. But time-wise, we'd been on trail for a couple of months and the monotony had definitely begun to set in. Um, it was it was tricky, um, but it wasn't it wasn't too bad. And me and my family kept spirits really high by planning lots of off-trail excursions and adventures. So many. We threw a big 4th of July party in Bend, my first ever 4th of July. That was incredible. And we took a trip to Seattle to see Taylor Swift in concert magical <laughs> we had birthday plans for me at Timberline Lodge um many people had visits from their loved ones who had you know, people nearby or people in the states the list went on it helped to have smaller goals for us to strive towards um and to keep us on track but however I really really struggled to want to stay on trail during the last month leaving town was awful I always cried <laughs> and felt like the next stretch was completely unmanageable which I knew wasn't true um, and it was irrational as I'd successfully left town and completed sections of trail for the past three or four months however long at that point um, but it just seemed impossible my brain was telling me that I couldn't do it um, the worst uh, example of this was leaving Leavenworth or Stevens Pass so right at the end of the trail like so close to the end it was a we had like a five or six day stretch to Mazama, um, to where we were going to do our last resupply. And we'd just had a really fun night um, camping in Leavenworth with Snackzilla's brother, who we'd met a few times and is wonderful. And we got back on trail at Stevens Pass and there was news of the wildfires that started to spring up in Washington. And it seemed like all the signs were telling me not to hike. I didn't want to hike. There was fires. It was the perfect excuse. It was really hot. My bag was heavy. Um, but I was just over a week from Canada. And I was seriously considering quitting the trail. Um, or not quitting, but skipping that section. The three days from Mazama to the border and back to Hearts Pass seemed totally doable. Um, but the five or six that I had to do first just seemed like I was hitting a brick wall like it was impossible um but I was dragged back on trail by the rest of the gang me and Snackzilla really were both dragged <laughs> um and we hiked in a train for a few miles which always cheered me up um and then Nacho in particular who I met in the desert and we hiked together ever since is a particularly positive and supportive person um and he and wheels and Snackzilla the whole gang were all incredible as always we got through it together even though the weather was absolutely horrendous for that stretch and we were quite miserable but we did it <laughs> but it's, it, it it had been leading up to that I mean as we got closer to Canada especially when we were counting down the weeks rather than the months 300 miles actually meant something to me or 120 miles it was from Stevens Pass to Rainy Pass and I know that's that's a lot of miles 120 I know what that feels like now I know how that feels with my body I know how heavy my bag's going to be for 120 miles of hiking but yeah, it was a five-day stretch when I'd already done so many five-day stretches and I'd been fine, but that one in particular felt impossible. I was ready to quit right there. Um, but Nacho did say to me, we had a chat once where we were talking about tough moments and how we dealt with them, and he said that he reminds himself that in a month's time, 
he'll wish that he was back on trail and as much as he might not want to be on it in that moment he will he will wish he'll be back and so I thought about that a lot that was a good resource to have was just that little mental check um another really good resource that I found really helpful was knowing someone who had hiked but that wasn't on trail that year someone at home um because we're in such a bubble when on the trail and you're seeing the same few people and it's an echo chamber. We'd feed off each other's low morale. I was told to can it a few times, <laughs> lovingly, of course. But a phone call home always helped remind me that, like, this is what I really wanted. Other people had done it successfully that I know and loved and, and that I really was close to the end. And so that was really, really helpful. Um, in terms of those around me, it's it was definitely a real big mixed bag. Some people were really mentally resilient the whole way through and then some people definitely had up and downs. Um, in my trail family in particular, I think the last month we were all know we all knew that we were all headed off in different directions after getting to Canada. Um, two of us, me included, are heading home. We're not going back and doing the Sierras. Um, whilst two were headed back to do the Sierras, albeit in different directions. So they're splitting up too. Um, so this made for some really tricky moments when those who were carrying on were struggling with doubt that they were doing the right thing and jealousy of us being done and hitting Canada was such a tangible goal and really did feel like the end in a lot of ways, but they then had to turn around and carry on. Um, so a lot of tears were shared, which is totally okay. Um, and we talked a lot about our motivations and our reasonings and everyone's hike will be different, but mentally it's hard not to compare yourself to others around you and wonder if you're doing the right thing. I mean, I'm here in Denver now in my friend's apartment and I'm super jealous of the texts and videos and photos I'm getting from my friends that are packing up their bear cans and getting ready to head into the t to the Sierra. Um, but I, I mean, I couldn't have done this hike alone. I spent, I spent two days alone in the desert and I hated it. Um, and if it weren't for meeting the right people when I did, I really honestly believe that I wouldn't have made it all the way to Canada. Um, so anyway, to stop waffling on, to round up, the mental side of this hike has been really where I have struggled the most, which I did expect, um, but I didn't quit. And I'm really proud of myself for being resilient and working through the really hard moments because it was definitely 100% worth it. Um, anyway, thanks for listening. And this is Second Pudding signing off. is Elke again and today I tell you something about um, how I can stay mentally strong all the way on my trail. So um, I must say in the first three months I uh, it everything was fine and sometimes my best friend when she asked me oh, do you don't you get uh, homesick uh, some sometimes or uh, don't you miss your family and I said no, why? Because everything is fine and I can um, call them when I want. Um, I can see them on FaceTime and um, everything is okay. And I I don't miss my home. I don't miss my family. I, everything, um, it's okay. So that was the first three months, I think. And then, so um, after after I um, reached Harpers Ferry, there was... Uh, uh, I'm, it's really uh, hard to say, but um, it was hard for me to find back to go on trail to do to do the other half. So um, 
Yes, and um, I think that's the there was a point um, what when it got a little more difficult um, to stay on trail. And um, now um, it's the fifth month and it's really hard for me to push myself every morning to get up out of the tent and say, oh, you have to go. And... Um, And and then I said to me, Oh you you have to have four four weeks and you can do the last four weeks, it's no problem. But it's really hard because um it's first it's um the trail because um it's much harder than all the month before. The mountains are um more difficult and um yes and um When I go in the woods, um, it's so wet and muddy. And on the right and left side, there are also only bushes and trees. And um, I think I have the feeling everything is so dark. And um, it depressed me sometimes that um, that is um, that I have to um, hike on a trail that it's so dark and the the I can't see the sun. Um, Yes, and it's hard to me not to say I break everything up and I go home. And then I have um, to talk with my family, with my husband, um, to get um, yeah that I can that I can stay. Um, that I um, will be more stay on the trail. And um, and then I ask other hikers um, how they do it or um, how they feel on the trail and um, if they um, still enjoy the trail or if they want to go home. And um, when I uh, talk with them, Every, uh, everything seems all right. And um, they say um, also that they, um, that's, it's also hard for them and it's really difficult and they um, are happy when they reach the end. And then I think, okay, I'm, I'm not alone with my feelings. And um, when I reach a hostel and um, the sun is shining in, in the daytime, um, I can relax and I can have tea and I can have something like I have a coffee and I sit around with the others um, everything is okay and then I go back on the trail and all the bad feelings come coming back so um, yes I'm, I'm not sure I'm not sure if I really really reach the end and um Yeah, um, I don't know how I can say it. Um, I try, I push myself, but I'm not sure. But we will see and I uh, talk to you again. Ciao. Hello. 
Hello, everyone. This is Radio checking in today from central Indiana, where I used to live before taking my hike on the Appalachian Trail. I'm really excited to talk on this episode about the mental side of my hike. And now that I've been off trail for a little while, I'm at a good spot where I can reflect on some of the challenges of being on my hike and some of the lessons that I've learned since I've been off the hike, specifically when it comes to having a good mindset to do a through hike of the Appalachian Trail or any other long distance trail. Um, I guess to kind of start at the beginning, um, I wasn't necessarily worried too much about the physical side of the hike and always felt like the mental side was going to be the most challenging part for me. And I would say that ended up being the case, particularly towards the end of the hike. Uh, If you're familiar with the Appalachian Trail, you're familiar with the White Mountains in New Hampshire, which are probably the hardest part of the Appalachian Trail. Uh, New Hampshire and then southern Maine, kind of the White Mountain area. So up until the hike, or up until we got to that part of the hike, rather, um, I had felt like I didn't have too many crazy mental challenges. Really, the hardest challenge for me was actually on the third day um, in Georgia. I had really focused a lot on the getting to Neil's, Neil's Gap because that's historically kind of a big cut, drop-off point for most people. And when I made it to Neil's Gap, I was like, all right, well, I guess this means I'm going to hike the whole trail now because I'm not one of those folks who got off at Neil's Gap. Not that there's anything wrong with that, of course. I just was really focused on making it past that kind of first checkpoint. And what ended up happening is I made it past Neil's Gap and then had my lowest moment on trail a couple hours later when I was on the top of a mountain and I kind of realized like I'd only made it about 40 or 45 miles into the hike and it had taken everything out of me for three days to do just those 45 miles. And then I realized that I had 2,150 odd miles to go and it just really hit me like this is going to take forever. I'm not sure I'm really able to do this. And I had actually met a couple section hikers earlier on my hike, a couple days in, and one of them was a previous thru-hiker who said they had hiked the trail in 2018, and now they were back doing sections, and he was like, if I could do it all over again, I would have just section hiked the entire trail. So that was kind of a hard thing to hear, and that was going through my head a lot on that third day where I was like, I should have just tried as a section hike Uh, to do at least part of the AT to see if I liked it. And I felt like kind of an idiot for quitting my job, putting my life on hold, going long distance with my girlfriend to kind of chase after this trail that I really had no idea if I could do or not. And I called my girlfriend. Fortunately, I had signal at the top of this mountain and she gave me an awesome pep talk. And later that night, I met up with another hiker from Germany, Two Spoons, who I talk about a lot on my own podcast and he really kind of talked me down from the, that low moment that I was at. We had a great night at Whitley Gap Shelter, just talking, getting to know one another. And he, he set up a fire. And it was kind of the night that saved my hike because I never really had a low point again until the Whites, which was you know almost, I think, 1,800 miles later. Um, and that was still the lowest point of my whole hike. Even now that I've finished, that was the lowest low was just kind of realizing the enormity of the task ahead. By the time I got to the whites, it was a different type of mental challenge. Really what it was most challenging here was um, the fact that we it was raining constantly and we had put all this energy towards the amazing hiking in the White Mountains and we weren't really able to enjoy it. It was a challenge for sure, but when it was just raining like crazy, we never had the views that were the payoff for climbing those mountains. 
And I think that put me in a spot and the rest of the folks that I was hiking with where it just was like, we just want to get the hike over with. Um, and it's like each day was like one day closer to Katahdin. Like we were just counting down the miles. Really, I think it felt that way from leaving Rutland, Vermont until the end, but especially in the whites, it was like we were counting down rather than counting up the miles. And as I look back, now that I have a month of perspective, I definitely wish that there were times maybe we took it a little bit slower here and there, but we did go pretty slow because the hiking was really challenging. And it wasn't like we had too many options to wait it out. I mean, we had, I think, 10 days of rain in the whites and around the whites in southern Maine. So just we took some zeros. We tried to wait it out as best we could, but we really didn't have any other option. And so ultimately my mindset shifted to if I really want to, I can always come back and do this section again or enjoy different parts of the whites again. I think that ended up being a pretty healthy mindset all along the way. Um, I definitely think if I wasn't hiking with a tramley through the whites, I would have probably gotten off trail for at least a week or more. I probably would have gone to Boston to visit some friends or something like that just to kind of reset because when we went up and down Musilaki and that night it started raining and it pretty much rained for a week straight after that. Um, so there was no avoiding the rain <laughs> really. Uh, we had some windows as we were going up to the presidentials and some windows the morning we did the presidentials, but after that it rained pretty much every day. So that was the biggest mental challenge for me was just fighting through the rainy conditions um, when I was back in Georgia, North Carolina, we had cold weather, but we didn't have a ton of rainy weather. So I never went through that classic AT experience of kind of getting toughened up by the rain to expect it. And we got, it didn't rain it at all from the day we left Harper's Ferry until the day we got to Vermont, which was wild. So I think that's like eight or 900 miles, maybe could be, could be wrong on that. Um, but it, yeah, we didn't have any rain until, no, we were like 600 miles. Sorry, I'm recording this late at night, so I'm a little scatterbrained. I apologize. Um, but like I said, I think those were the two hardest challenges on the trail. And the mental side at the end just got to be more of a marathon. It felt like that feeling if you've ran a race before, and that's my background is as a runner, it felt like the last six miles of a marathon where you know you're going to finish. It's just a matter of how much it's going to take out of you. And at that point, it was taking pretty much everything every single day, all the mental effort that I had to, to focus and finish on the task at hand. Um, so I would say if you're going to do a through hike, definitely spend the time to prepare your brain because um, it will happen eventually. It might not happen right away. I would imagine you'll probably have some challenges right away. But having other people with you, at least if you're someone like me who's really like enjoys meeting new people and hanging out with people, that's going to be your best bet to stay sharp for the entire hike. So with that, I will leave it there. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. We'll talk to you again soon. Radio out. So this is Mary, and this is assignment 11, the mental game. And through hiking is definitely a mental game. Um, when it comes to anything relating to trail, especially staying on or even just waiting. I'm going into my third week of being injured and I probably have to wait another week. So that'll make it probably a little over three months of having been off trail total as compared to being on trail. There are people who I met in the beginning who have done every mile, including going through the Sierras and they're already where I'm at here at home in Snoqualmie. 
And it's rough just thinking about that and knowing that I still want to continue. And so I'm not going to do a through hike. I mean, obviously, I'm not even going to probably be able to do half the hike, but we'll see. I'm going to see as far as I can go. But yeah, it sucks. And I've known people to do funny things. Like there was a gal who was hiking it last year who was hiking it late into September, October. And so you can't ever rule anything out. I still have plenty of time, but not really. But we'll see. So the mental challenge for me has been in these last three weeks of just kind of not feeling sorry for myself. There's plenty of things to keep me occupied and busy because I sew. There's plenty of things for me to sew, but I'll start a project and then not want to finish it just because I just kind of, I don't know, start zoning out and I'm not interested. But I have people who I've hiked with that are off trail and I talk to them and there are other MyCog makers who I talk to. So... Yeah, the only thing that's just hard right now is just not being too hard on myself. I know there are a lot of people who think I should probably just get off trail. I can't through hike. And I know I've met people who are just like, if you can't through hike the trail, and if you know you can't through hike the trail, you shouldn't even bother. And I can't afford to think like that. You don't, when you have a very depressive personality, you can't afford to think like that. You can't afford to let thoughts like that get to you. You have to just kind of just try the best you can to just tune that out. You do you and you focus on yourself. Don't worry about what anybody else says or does. Just focus on you. And for me right now, I don't want to be off trail. I want to go back. So I just need to focus on that and then worry about things when they come up. And I'm sorry, I don't have more to say about anything else. So yeah. This is Summer, and today I am recording from South Lake Tahoe. I just got in yesterday, and we'll be hiking out today, which means I'm officially entering the Sierra um, portion of my hike and the last 400 miles. Um, yeah, so today we're talking about the mental game, and I... Yeah, I'm going to answer a few questions. So the first question um, I'm going to talk about is what resources have I been using to stay mentally strong? And honestly, I haven't really been using any. I don't know. I It's kind of hard. Um, I probably should have been using more because, <laughs> um, as I'll talk about in a minute, I've had a really fucking tough time mentally this past, like, month of my hike. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess whenever I'm in town and stuff, I, I call my mom, um, who I love dearly and that always helps. And then honestly, a lot of the time, like for me, um, when I, I just got really down mentally, like distractions were very important. So I listened to many, many audiobooks and many podcasts and, just kind of used it as an escape, which I you don't love that, you know? Like, I wish I could say that I've just been totally present and one with nature, but, like, honestly, it gets... Hiking gets boring sometimes, you know? And you're just, like, walking through the forest all day for 
30 to 40 miles like it just gets really boring and some days I just did not want to be doing it and those are the days when having a distraction really helped so I don't know if that necessarily kept me mentally strong but I think it kept me mentally sane (laughs) um okay and then second question have I had any difficulties I'd be willing to share yeah absolutely um the whole past month basically um Oregon and all of Northern California um mostly Oregon Oregon was really hard um mentally I just pretty much had a thought at least once a day every day of like I don't want to be doing this anymore but I'm gonna do it anyway because I know if I quit now I will be so disappointed in myself and I know I'll like the second I get home I'll regret it so it was kind of a you know mind over matter like suck it up and do it anyway and it's definitely gotten better um honestly NorCal was a lot better just like having kind of a change of pace and having some like big climbs and more scenery and more mountains again like was really nice and I ran into some other hikers I knew from the desert for, you know, I hiked with them for a couple days, which was really nice. Just, yeah, and I think now entering the Sierra, um, I'm super stoked. But yeah, it got really tough. And there were many days where I did not want to hike anymore. And I all I wanted was just be home. But <laughs> I also know that I came out here to hike the whole trail. And I, you know, I knew I could do it physically. I knew I could see it through. Um, so yeah, I didn't really give myself the option to quit. Um, and then how have those around me been doing? That's kind of part of it. Um, basically I've hiked alone the past month slash 1000 miles. Um, and that was really tough. I obviously would like see people and I'd pass people and I would see people and I'd go into like the little, you know, towns and stuff, but It's hard, you know, night after night, camping alone, and never really having conversations with people. It definitely, it definitely, um, got to me, and that's something going into the Sierra, I'm really planning on just slowing down and enjoying, you know, my time and enjoying the people, and yeah, um, so I don't really know how it's been, how others around me have been doing, because there haven't really been any, (laughs) Um, and then lastly, how has being with others or being alone impacted my mindset? Um, I definitely think I prefer a more social hike. I don't like want a super, you know, party, hard, crazy social hike, but I, my favorite times on trail have been when I've been hiking with, you know, a small group of people, just, you know, people you can like you know you get to a beautiful spot and you stop for a break and you know and everyone catches up and you can all just like chat about the day or you get to camp and you know you're gonna have people to talk to and share you know your favorite moments from the day or like oh think back to when you know this funny thing happened like just having people to share the experience with I think is is really nice and I think I had to hike alone to really appreciate that because I, in day-to-day life, I, I consider myself such an introverted person um, that it's easy for me to just kind of, like, not value <laughs> other people as much or, like, my, like, spending time with other people. Like, I value my alone time so much, but I think being out here 
I mean, you have so much alone time. Like, that is so easy to come by. It's having this shared, you know, time with other people in such a beautiful place, doing such an awesome thing. Like, that is really special. And I think that's something that I've realized going forward. If I were to do any other hikes, like, I want to make more of an effort to, like, be with people and, you know, prioritize that you know even if it means maybe I don't get to do exactly what I want mileage wise that day or whatever like I think it's important to prioritize the people sometimes you know um but I think that was a lesson I had to learn and yeah going forward something I'll take away but yeah that's just a little bit about um the mental game and yeah until next time this is summer signing out It's Minstrel, and we're going to be talking about the mental game today. Obviously, you know this already because you've heard like 7,000 other trail correspondents talking about it. It's been, it's been really cool. I've really been enjoying learning how my brain works and putting a lot of things together. So I'm just going to get right into the questions. The first question, what resources have you been using to stay mentally strong? I... I do a lot of things where I, I'm kind of a hedonist. I just want to experience everything that I can and just take big bites and big gulps of everything. So if I'm if I'm struggling or just need just need to come back to it somehow, I don't even consciously do this anymore. It's just kind of habit at this point. But I find I find something for every single one of my senses. Uh, I want to I wanna see something and smell something and touch something and listen to something and taste something. So yeah, taste if, if you can do that. Um, Washington is really easy to do that. There's so many berries and there's forageable mushrooms and so many cool things out here. But you know, in the desert... In the desert, sometimes it's just bringing awareness to, to the dust and the sweat that's on your lips. Or maybe, maybe in Northern California, it's, it's something similar. You know, the, each forest or each area that you hike through has a different, a different visual texture, a different tactile texture, a different, a different taste to it that it, you know, it does get into your mouth and your nose. There's also something else I do that's also kind of just something I do unintentionally that's just really honestly a product of just <laughs> fighting through trauma when I had no access to therapy. But if I'm even just a little bit happy, I just say aloud, I'm happy. Or if I'm really enjoying something, I'll laugh. Even if there's nothing funny, it's just, I, I, I've learned to just kind of overflow with, 
I guess, enthusiasm or happiness or something. Um, and those, those things really help keep me, keep me on even on the hard days. Like we all have them and it's going to happen, but you gotta, you gotta spring back. You can't break to it. You gotta bend. And that's, you know, flexibility is strength. I I think that we're all kind of a product of all the things that we've done. We're not one single entity. And through all of the hobbies and activities, the weird the weird things I've done, whether it's opera training or fire dancing and fire eating and fencing and I don't know, what else have I done? Triathlons. You kind of just, each piece has kind of taught me different functions of how I can push my body, how I can push my mind, how I can use leverage or, or some subtle hold in my body to, to get what I need. And that, that really, being able to sink into that really helps. The biggest difficulty I had, so how have you had any difficulties you'd be willing to share? The biggest difficulty I had was when I had to, to get my dog resituated because my dog sitter fell through. I had to fly from Tehachapi, Southern California, up to Seattle, get my dog in my car, and drive down to Tucson, Arizona, my hometown. It was an expensive, exhausting process with so many hiccups and so many problems and so many obstacles on the way. I knew that if I, I knew that it would be easy to, to just not come back. I would regret it for so long until I did make it back. I actually left my gear with a trail angel, so I had to come back. And that helped me get back. How are those around you doing? Well, most of the people that I surround myself with are doing really well. Uh, we're all really excited to be kind of on the home stretch. We're almost halfway through Washington. It's so exciting. A lot of people, I had one person I had just met, she got off at Ashland because she realized that she just got what she wanted out of the trail, and that was it for her. She was done. She was very happy to be done. I still talk with her. I spoke with her last night. She's ecstatic to be back in her home life with everything that the trail has taught her. There are some people around who are still complaining and are still leery of all the terrain going up and down and all that stuff. I really hate looking on like far out and seeing oh, this area is just full of puds, pointless up and downs. It's like, it's hiking. We go up and we go down. <laughs> sometimes you get views, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you get smoke, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you get rain, sometimes you don't. It's, that's, that's what you signed up for, brah. Um, that's just, you know, but how we all are is just the spectrum of everyone that's out here. And the final question is, how has being with others or being alone impacted your mindset? I think, and I do not believe that I am unique in this, but I really need a good blend of being solo and being around others. I love being solo because I can just, uh, 
think about anything and everything? Am I thinking about my past? Am I thinking about what I want to do? Am I thinking about the present? Am I thinking about people I met? Am I thinking about my dog? Am I thinking about my partner? Am I thinking about any number of things? Or I can put on music or a podcast and just kind of vibe, but I still need to be around people because we are social creatures. And in the end, we are actually creatures, you know? The big thing, though, is when I'm around people, I really work hard to make sure that I'm around people who are building themselves and others up because I I do not want to be surrounded by negativity. It's too easy to fall into a negative mindset out here. It's too easy to catastrophize and to to get, oh, we have another climb. No, we gotta, we're out here climbing and ascending, descending, traversing all of this. And, and we're all out here on this incredible trail and it's part of, of the experience and, and the difficulty of climbing, the difficulty of descending. Those are, those are things that I wanna enjoy. I mean, yeah, sometimes it sucks, but you know, embrace the suck, that's what we do. So I really try to surround myself with those people. So if this went on a little long, thank you for understanding. Hello all, this is Panther checking in from about a mile and a half before Timberline Lodge. And my entire day has been uphill. So I'm off and I'm popping. Um, but today, talking about mental health. Our mental game on the trail, which is kind of mental health. Um, this is kind of one of my biggest pet peeves about the trail. There's so many people going into the trail or on the trail who are always saying, if you get the mental game down, if you get past that, like everything else will fall in place. And the mental game is like the easiest part of the hike for me, which isn't going to be true for everyone. But I obviously have a lot physically going on. And just that for me has been the really, really hard part of the hike has been figuring out how to meet the needs of my body and the mental game like I don't know I love being out here like there's extreme highs and extreme lows but I've never for a moment doubted mentally that I want to be out here so going through the questions what resources have I used to stay mentally strong mostly I just really enjoy being out here. I've worked on being out here for years and years, and this is not my first trail. So even when I'm having really tough days, things just really fucking suck for a bit, I always have in my mind that this is just temporary. And I always try to remember back to those just extreme emotional highs and how unbelievably amazing their hiking can be at times and I've never 
mentally just not been interested in getting out here. Probably the hardest part of the mental is just sometimes when the hiker legs kick in and you're just walking and the terrain is easy, it get a little boring. I've had that a few times. But, you know, I just find a new book, find a new podcast, find a new person to talk to. And, you know, that too passes. Um, any, like, difficulties I'd be willing to share? Um, mentally, not really. Um, physically, I think I've been pretty open about that. Um, how are those around you doing? This is interesting. I've actually met and hung out with several people some extreme emotional lows where they just hit rock bottom sometimes it's for two minutes and then they like solve the problem in the moment and then they realize they just hit an emotional extreme and they go the other way and for them it's more of just being there validating things get fucking hard at times and also validating that they get better too recently I was hiking with a hiker just had a really, really tough section. Um, third section hiker, new to hiking, and just got to town and threw in the towel on a bad day and actually flew all the way home. And through a lot of chatting with them, convinced them, come back out, try one more section, go less miles, take it slow, like take it easy. And we're now finishing that section today. They're happy as can be. And I'm really, really glad that they came back out. And it always sucks to like try something new, have a really bad day, and not always have like the people around you to help you with that. Um, she's gonna be an amazing hiker. She just needed to give herself a little bit of time and she's doing great. I'm super proud of her being out here. Um, and I'm also like super grateful I got the chance to kind of talk to someone who's figuring out their stuff and I can't imagine how hard it would be to start a new long trail in the middle when everyone around you has hiker legs everyone around you is pounding out miles and it just looks easy and I mean it's not all of us have our own difficulties out here but it looks easy and she's physically strong enough to keep up but her body was just not used to it yet. I mean, all of us started out in the desert with our body, or Northern Washington, with our bodies not used to it and have slowly, but surely kind of worked our way into it or worked our way up to that miles. And she'll get there. She'll be absolutely strong. Really glad she came back out and is giving you a second chance because She's gonna be awesome. And how like being with others or being alone impacted your mindset? Uh, so it's been really hard sometimes being southbound. My so I walked into Cascade Locks about a week and a half ago and I was limping hard. Um I pushed my hip really hard in northern Washington. I was actually making 
fair bit of miles. Northern Washington is just tough terrain. And I didn't take the breaks that my body needed. And I got to Cascade Locks about a week before trail days. And I just literally just couldn't hike. I had to get into town because I ran out of food again. I don't understand how I'm so hungry out here. Um, and so I just had to push a really hard day, get into town. And my hip was rough. I was limping hard. And it was a week before trail day. So I actually went down to Portland for a week and hung out. Um, and then came back for trail day and I walked out of trail days. And it's been hard, like, I can't keep up with most of the southbound hikers. Southbound comes with time pressures that are not quite the same going northbound. And my hip only goes the pace of my hip. Um, and so, while there's been a lot of people on trail, and lately, there's been like 40 or 50 northbound hikers a day that I'm passing, and I know a ton of them, and it's super awesome to meet up with people, but it's just kind of a weird juxtaposition of seeing all the awesome people I know, but hiking with no one. And this section, since I walked out of trail days, and lots of other people did too, but kind of hiking was a little bit of a bubble. And it has been a lot of fun. Two nights ago, got to camp like half an hour before dark. First one there, figured I'd camp alone. And next person who walks in is someone I started um, at the Canadian border with. And then next person walks in, and it's someone I knew from the desert, like in the middle. Next person walks in, and it's someone that I literally spent like day three and four with in the desert. And it was just, the two more hikers walked in, I didn't know. But it was just like a really awesome moment of just having a ton of community. Um, and I've been really enjoying that. We're kind of bouncing back and forth with a couple of those people now. When I hit the lodge, I'll probably be there with them. So that sounds fun. Um, but I also really enjoy, do enjoy being out here alone. It's a lot of stress and pressure on me when I am hiking with really cool people I enjoy hiking with. Because I can only go at the pace of my hip. And my hip is making it more and more clear that I am physically reaching the end of my hike. As much as mentally, I would love to just keep hiking. My hip is just reaching a point it can't. Um, I did talk to my doctor last week, talked about the CT scan. Basically, I have two points that have not healed. They are what is causing me pain, and it will not improve until I get another pretty major surgery to connect um, both of those points, the four points together with metal plates, which hopefully I'll be able to do this winter, but it's going to be a long healing process. It will probably also mean once I get next summer, I'm not going to be able to do a long hike. Um, so it'll probably be two years before I can come back and finish the PCT. But goal is after that surgery, my hip should be stabilized enough. I should be able to walk 
like a fairly normal person and I should be able to pick up speed to what a fairly normal hip can do. So fingers crossed to have some success with that. I feel like really the hardest part of the mental game is just having to accept that I am hiking at the pace of my body and not the pace that I want to be hiking. And I think I've learned a lot from that this year. Pretty happy, still having a great time out here. Wish I could just do this all the time. But <laughs> at some point I gotta go back and like work and earn money and stuff so I can pay for stuff like this. So Panther checking out from like a mile and change out of Timberland Lodge. Looking forward to the buffet here soon. Have a good day. Shitwater Fireball Queen of the Salamanders, and this is the mental game part of the podcast. And right now, I am at a hostel about to pull a double zero um, because Love Child and I did not want to hike out when we have risk of a thunderstorm on Mount Washington. So we're just kind of chilling at this ski lodge, which has too many photos of ladies in bikinis with skis for me to be happy. <laughs> and also a really strange perverted bathroom sign that I'm just not going to get into. But also, I did clog their toilet really badly this morning. And left a note explaining it like and by this morning I mean 5 30 in the morning so that makes me kind of really happy <laughs> so it's been an interesting time um and plus my name is shit water so you know I gotta clog a toilet sometimes but I refuse to accept that it's all my fault because I think I shat on someone else's shit and then we like both clogged the toilet together so there's like a kind of mutual bond there I think I mean, that's what happens when you shit on someone else's shit, I think. Like, you're bonded for life, so I'm just bonded to this stranger, and I'll just... I'll never know who they are. Anyways, I'm really tired, but I'm happy, and my body is dying, and the mental game is tough. I use a lot of things to distract myself. Like, when I'm feeling really, really down, then I crack open a poetry book. Because usually it has some words of consolation. And also just a nice thought that, you know what? You're not alone in whatever you're feeling. Like, even though this poet might not have done the trail, they probably have felt a similar thing that you have. So I've been turning to a lot of Mary Oliver because she has a really positive and cool, thoughtful way of looking at nature. And plus, I found it super helpful to focus on the small things, like some silly moss patches, or the way, like, sunlight comes through the trees, and just appreciating, like, wow, like, I'm alive, and I'm able to do this trail right now, and I'm so lucky to, like, be where I am. So a lot of trying to be present and thoughtful and mindful, which gets really hard when I start to, like, starve 
and I become super angsty and I'm like, God, everything is hell. This is shit. I hate it out here. This is awful. Ah. And I'm like, why am I here? Why am I doing this? This is so bad. And then I like sit down and I eat a chunk of spam and I'm like, wow, I love it out here. It's beautiful. Fuck. I love the wilderness. Oh my God. I'm so happy I'm backpacking. It's like so crazy. The mood swings are absurd, but it's also because I'm like starving. Like I've lost 20 pounds out here. And so just every bit of food that I get into my mouth like matters. And it makes such an impact on my mood, like literally just turns around. Um, so that's definitely a difficulty. Like, I've just started carrying around, like, a meat bag now that I just gnaw on at shelters because spam is all I want to eat. So I've just become a feral spam person, hunched in the corner of shelters, salivating over a brick of meat. So, <laughs> if you come across that, don't worry, it's just shit water. It's not a meat demon, um, I also started packing out frozen burritos, which are great, but I didn't think, like, food would be so much of an issue, but it really is. Um, I, I've also struggled with motivation, but again, that comes back when I eat. And also, just being in cooler sections helps so much more with motivation. Like, I'm sorry, but going through PA and, like, some of New York and Massachusetts and Connecticut, I got bored as fuck! I'm like, God! There's nothing to do around here. It's just green tunneling. Like, and I try, I try so hard to appreciate like the ferns and every step. And oh my God, like, you know, it's so pretty in the mornings when the sun's coming through and it is, it really is. But like, man, if you're just waking up and walking in that day after day after day after day, you start to be like, God, I'm going fucking crazy out here. So it's just like, it's been really nice to have a change in pace because now, instead of walking through a flat green tunnel, I'm climbing directly upwards because I'm in the whites. <laughs> so that's a huge change, but also really exciting because I find that I can't like get down on myself and have too many wandering thoughts about like, what the hell am I doing? What am I going to do after trail when I'm like literally hauling myself up the side of a cliff because I'm more worried about dying, which is great. And... Um, but people around me, I mean, obviously I've been hiking with Love Child since Virginia and like he struggles sometimes with, he gets stressed about so many different factors to think about and whatnot and worrying about like mileage and getting there to Katata and fast enough, but that's because he started in May. And so he's always kind of stressed about that. And so we just find a balance between me being like, Nah, we'll get there when we get there. Let's just push each other when we want to and chill when we don't want to. And him like stressing about exactly where we're going to go, which is helpful and it balances each other out. And definitely being with him has motivated me a lot because I've found that I can like do a lot more miles than I thought I could because he'll suggest some like whack mileage sometimes. And I'm like, God, I don't know if I could do that. But then we do it, and I'm like, whoa. And then we both pump each other up, and we're like, yes, God, we're fucking awesome. Like, we actually did that. I can't believe that. Like, geez, that's incredible. And also, just all these views are just so much more fun when you have an amazing person to share them with. So it's just a lot of fun out here, and I'd, I wouldn't trade it for anything. So even though it's hell sometimes you still can have a great time when you're suffering. So 
this is Shitwater Fireball, Queen of the Salamanders, at mile 1800, still grinding it out, and really excited to see some more awesome views in the whites. Howdy, this is David Ferrari, trail name Good Soup, huffing and puffing his way up a hill somewhere after the 2,000 mile mark. And uh, we're talking about the mental aspect of a through hike, which is certainly, I can attest to, a significant part of it. So, at large, you've got to be, I don't even think you necessarily have to be tough. You just have to not quit, which I suppose is being tough, but you get what I'm trying to get at. Like, the thing that always gets me about this, when it ever gets hard, physically hard, homesick hard, that kind of thing, is that this whole thing is optional. Like... There's no real outside force being like, you have to do it. It's not like it's a generally accepted, like, rite of passage. It's just you and all the other fools out here. I say fools with love. You and all the other fools out here just hauling yourselves up and down mountains from Georgia to Maine or Maine to Georgia, flip-flop, all that other stuff. And knowing at any time, there's nothing like physically stopping you from being like, yeah, I'm done. You can go home at any time. This whole thing is optional. But as I'm sure many people who have finished a through hike can attest to, and the people around me trying to finish their hike here, like you don't get this far on trail without having that I have to in the back of your head. It's like, I have to do this. Well, why do you have to do it, Soup? I don't know. I just have to. It's rewarding, it's fun. It's important. I don't know where this idea got in my head. I just know that I have to now that it's there. Scratch the itch, get the monkey off your back. Go be free, whatever it is you need to say. So, my mental approach to the trail was basically being like, it's temporary. Like, the trail has a finite end. Like, you start Springer, you hike to Katahdin, it ends. So if it's terrible and rough, it's only going to be terrible and rough for half a year, which I, ex I accept as a large unit of measurement, half a year. But that was just kind of my thing where it's like, I can just hold on for this long. I've had low moments, moments especially where I've like missed my partner, missed the comforts of home. But it's just the knowledge of knowing that it's all waiting there for me when I'm done. That's kept me going. I've been fortunate that I haven't had to overcome any major injuries to combat. Um, I'd say the lowest point I've gotten was 
400 miles in when I realized how much I missed my family. New York, I had survived Pennsylvania, and I guess mentally I was like, oh, I survived Pennsylvania and New Jersey, which were rocky, so like, I'm due for some reprieve. And it's not like New York was particularly hellish, but it was just still challenging trails, a lot of up and downs. And so I was kind of like tired because I, had, for, I don't know why, no one had told me New York was easy, but in my mind I had been like, oh, New York will be easier, maybe to get through Pennsylvania. So when it wasn't easier, I was like, ah, oh, I'm so tired, I'm so done. Um, that's probably the closest I came to actually quitting. But, I, like, that was the one where I was just, like, I had to pull myself out of bed every morning and just, like, make myself hike. I was like, I'm not having fun. I was like, okay, with a trail this long, you, you, it's okay if you don't have fun the whole time. So I just, like, had a bad week in New York, but then recovered. Um, uh, had a friend I was hiking with who knew someone nearby, and we kind of, like, vortexed at a cabin for a few days and kind of just rebooted and then New Hampshire like finishing up New Hampshire especially um, after the Wildcats section for those who don't know the Wildcats are kind of like the end of the infamous White Mountain range and then going into the Mahusik section which is the start of Maine and is I've heard referred to as the nasty hangover after the Whites or it's like you're done with the Whites now do the Mahusik section um, and that was in there where I was like what do I still have to prove out here to anyone, to myself? Like, I could just be done. Like, it was tough. I did it. I could just go home and be with my family. Like, why, what do the extra, you know, at that point, what do the extra 300 miles actually bring me? But then I was like, well, while I might feel like quitting right now, I might not feel like quitting later. So I've, I owe it to my future self to keep putting the miles in and keep working on my mental uh, perspective of this until I get back to the point. Because I know that I always rally from my lows. That's something that I've just general life and therapy has taught me. Is like I do always rally back from my low moments. So I'm like, well, right now I can't really do this for myself. But I could do it for someone else. And I could make my future self someone else. So I'll do it for them. I'll, I'll get up and I'll grind and I'll start taking care of myself so that I can get back to a good space. And then once I've done that, I'll be thankful for what I did when I was feeling low. So that's just another thing I've done mentally is like doing things for when I can't do things for my present self, I do things for my past self, like the person who sacrificed their mental health at a well-paying job that burned them out and then gambled on quitting their job to come do this. I got like, I got to do this for them and I got to do it for my future self to, so I can look back and be like, I did the thing. I, I stuck it out. I'm tough. I can do it. So that's one thing is I do it for different aspects of myself when I can't do it for my present self. Uh, otherwise, just when it comes to the mental game of this all, um, my strategy is whatever gets me up and going is a good strategy. Like th that's, I think a big thing about this is this hike is so long. 
like, and it's so variable in terms of terrain and weather and where you're going to be at, where it's like, I feel like there's no one strategy of like, I'll just do this. Like, I can't think of them all, but I've definitely just like tried every little thing to be like, hey, this isn't working. The thing, you know, like, oh, I'll just buy myself good snacks. That'll cheer me up and be like, oh God, the snacks aren't cheering me up. It's like, okay, well then we'll try something else. We'll try sleeping in. We'll try getting up early. We'll try, you know, whatever. We'll try making a game of it and being like, uh, how many miles can we go today? Um, how many, you know, can we skip? Like, like that was the other thing I did is I, I turned things in boring sections into athletic challenges um, where I'd be like, okay, it's two days to the next town and then three days to the next town after that. Can I, can I skip that town and do it in five, you know, do that five days, um, with, you know, four days of food or that kind of thing. Um, just turning it into games if I could, but for the most part, um, I just did whatever it took and adjusted to what was or wasn't working and just Mostly, I'd say another big thing is I just gave myself permission to feel bad. Like, I'm like, I'm not feeling good. It's like, okay, you're not. We don't need to fight you on that. Like, that's what you're feeling right now. I'm going to try and uh, figure out why we're feeling bad and try and remedy that. But, like, there's no point in trying to lie to yourself and be like, I'm, no, I, I am having a good time. It's like, no, like, so sometimes it's crappy out here, at least in my experience. But, like, we just grit down and try and find ways to improve and take care of ourselves so that we can uh, we can do it so I don't have to suffer that much um, yeah so that's that's mostly my approach is just kind of do whatever it takes and give yourself permission and the other thing I would do lastly is on those low days where it's like where I felt like I wanted to quit I would lean into it, like kind of like call my own bluff and be like, I would like say out loud, like, I want to quit the trail. And never once that I said it out loud, I'm like, that doesn't sound convincing. I don't think I actually want, like, I don't believe myself. Like, it'd be like the whole, like, I'm throwing a tantrum, like, oh, I should just quit. I'd be like, say it out loud. Say you want to quit. I'm like, no, I, I can't. It's like, okay, well then obviously there's something in here keeping us going. Let's figure out what that is. And we're not going to quit in the meantime until you can convince yourself you actually want to be done. And it never happened. So, but, um, yeah, so that's how I'm going to wrap it up at here. This is a good soup, very tired and very close to the end. And sticking to it, signing out. Bye-bye. Witch Doctor here. Uh, we're talking about the mental game of a through hike today. Um, so, typical fashion, I'm just gonna ramble, um, you know, the way a crazy person does. Um, so, today uh, I woke up and it was raining. And I knew it was gonna rain, um, so I slept in, slept until 10, um, and rain stopped and started hiking. Um, and I was like, cool, I'm going to stay dry today. It's going to be great. And <laughs> there were puddles everywhere. 
and I was dancing around, hopping on stone to stone, trying to stay dry. And eventually I just got to a point where there was just a giant puddle and there were like nothing, nothing to step on, no ways around it. And I just trudged through the puddle, feet are wet. And you know what? It was really liberating. Uh, <laughs> um, once your feet are wet, they can't get any more wet. So um, there's nothing stopping you from just, you know, trudging the rest of the way uh, through puddles. And um, that's actually going to be the title of my blog today. Um, if you want to read about that, it's going to be, uh, you're never too old to jump in a puddle. Um, and then the first line after that is going to be, uh, unless you think you're too old, in which case you've already lost. And that is a lot of the mindset out here is that you can try and stay dry. You can try and have all these comforts. Um, but at the end of the day, what's your ultimate goal? Like your goal is to get to Katahdin. Your goal is to hike the hill that you're hiking today or, <clears throat> or see the views or what have you. Um, and everything else is just kind of, you know, fluff and stuff that it's going to get in the way or distract you from your ultimate goal. Um, and that is kind of the mental mindset I kind of take into, uh, this through hike is, you know, what are, what are the important things? Um, and for me, it's, uh, you know, obviously completing the goal, getting to Katahdin, um, but making friends and relationships along the way, having fun, um, taking cool pictures. Uh, um, so those are the in, important things. And if you focus on the important things, um, you're, I think you're going to have a successful through hike. Um, one of the, uh, there's been a couple resources, I guess I've, I've been using, uh, as you know, from my last podcast, uh, kind of set out alone for a couple weeks, um, uh, away from my tramway and kind of hiking my own hike and, um, using that time as kind of some, some soul searching time. Uh, I've listened to a couple books. I listened to Tolstoy, a confession, which is a book about his kind of search for the, the meaning of life. Uh, I listened to Jordan Peterson's 12 Rules for Life, which is an excellent book. I would recommend it to anybody. Anybody can glean, you know, at least a couple lessons from that book. Um, and one of his uh, overlying messages in the book is that life sucks. Uh, and, and it does sometimes. I'm on the top of Kinsman right now recording this, and I'm fully socked in by clouds. There's no views. Uh, it was steep getting up here and wet, and it it kind of sucks. Uh, but you know what? Yesterday was awesome. Yesterday I climbed, climbed Mount Musalak and there was awesome views and I got really cool time lapses and, uh, it was a great time. So, uh, some days are going to suck and some days are not on any through hike. And that's just like a, a message for life in general. Um, and if you kind of realize that, you know, this is going to suck. My feet are going to get wet, but once they're wet, you know, they're already wet. So, uh, once you kind of realize that and kind of realize you, you, you can only control the things that you can control and everything else that you can't control, you're better off not worrying about. Um, these are kind of like the mental games that you, you play with yourself out here to number one, maintain your sanity, but number two, like make sure that your, your through hike is a successful through hike. Um, 
people can be a part of that people that you can uh in your family or that you're you're hiking with um you can you can lean on them uh you're all going through the same suck uh and you're all experiencing the same joys like you're all on the same team out here um so uh through hiking is is really just a it's a metaphor <laughs> and a, a kind of a microcosm of life in general um and I'm not trying to pretend I have all the answers I I do not at all uh my life uh <laughs> um is not uh not all together um and I think that would be the same for for anybody who's out on a through hike we're all out here trying to find ourselves and, and make ourselves better or escape something maybe that's why you're listening to a podcast is for an escape or maybe to glean something to make yourself better um <clears throat> but uh the fact that you you know you recognize that and you're you're looking for ways to improve uh that's i think step one um I run into to, to patients a lot of time who uh or, or even people here out here on the the, the trail or, or you're in a town and tell someone oh I'm, I'm through hiking I, I started in Georgia I'm going to Maine and they're just like oh my god that's crazy I I could never do that and I was like well yeah not with that attitude uh and and then so much of everything out here is attitude so if you just like if you believe you can do it and you set a goal and um you try and get out there and do it uh and you stay try and stay positive um then that's kind of half the battle uh if you tell yourself you're not going to make it then you're probably not um and uh so i guess if i leave you guys with anything um it would be trying it doesn't need to be a through hike but try and do something that makes you better each day and that whether that's you know talking to your family more often or if you didn't think you could hike uh or climb three flights of stairs uh try and do that uh and if you can only do one set of stairs or two set of stairs you know try it again in a day or a week or what have you and maybe get a little bit further and maybe you accomplish that goal and you set the next goal a little bit higher and uh these are kind of all the things about pushing yourself to to be a a better person um and uh maybe set those goals to contribute to you know a better life for yourself or your family or society and not just you know reaching the next level on candy crush or what have you uh sorry if that attacks anybody <laughs> but uh sometimes we need to hear the hard truths um but that is probably the end of my rambling uh thanks for listening this is witch doctor over and out This is Ali, aka TC, aka Appalachian Adventurista. I am currently trekking through Central Maine, uh, which feels fitting to be talking about the mental game at this point in a hike because, um, yeah, at this point, it, that's kind of what it all boils down to is the mental game. Um, I think. Reflecting back kind of on the hike and the way that I prepared for this hike, I think I uh, did a pretty good job of preparing myself to handle mental challenges that uh, arose out here. Um, I spent a lot of time before the trail 
researching and watching for the things that people said were bad um, and the things that were common uh, sources of aggravation and upset for other folks who have hiked the trail. Um, And I use that as a way of preparing myself for what I might experience so that I wasn't blindsided by any one thing. Um, And in addition to that, and along with it, I also prepared by writing myself some mantras to reflect on when I was having a hard time. For example, one of those being uh, my success on this through hike is not determined by reaching Katahdin. And that was really helpful for myself to repeat and remind myself those were things that, you know, I had come up with. They were my own words and that helped a lot to be able to kind of push through when I was having a hard time and reminding myself of the things that mattered and were important to me. Um, While I've been out here, I do a lot of self-reflection and that I think helps keep myself in check as to really how I'm doing and where I'm at. Um, I do pretty regular check-ins with myself to make sure that um, I'm I'm in it and I'm doing well and feeling healthy and confident. Uh, And I think that that makes a huge difference as I go forward. I don't let things build that are problems and, um, and they don't surprise me. I, I check in regularly enough that I can confront things that are issues as they come up. And that's been really important. Um, I've had two times on trail where I really did have bad mental days. Um, in short, one of them was way back in North Carolina. I was close to home. I got to see my family and support system for the first time. Um, And I had to then say goodbye to them for the second time. And uh, as it turns out, saying goodbye subsequential times after actually leaving Springer, um, each one got worse (laughs) and each one was harder. And I had to just learn that the hard way. Um, And I had to say goodbye to my support system and walk out into a really crappy weather day. Um, And that was the first time I actually thought of the first and actually only time I considered leaving the trail. The second time was actually here in Maine. I had a pretty sketchy water crossing um, that went uh, above my hips (laughs) and it scared me pretty bad. Um, And I came out of that feeling frustrated that I had let myself slip into a situation that made me feel like that. And I had not voiced how I was feeling because that was on me. Um, And yeah, for the remainder of the day, I could not get rid of my uh, anxiety slash adrenaline shakes. Um, And it was just a really, a really bad day. I I unfortunately beat myself up a good bit about that, um, but I have processed it since. Um, The people around me seem to be doing pretty well. I think that it is really telling as to what people have experienced and what they, how they have been raised really. Um, uh, It's an interesting social experiment to kind of see how people have lived their lives up until this point to find out how they handle difficulty and um, adversity and and things like that on the trail. So for the most part, everyone is doing well. I mean, I am shocked in a good way to say that my whole family of six um, is all here and has made it the whole way. I don't think that statistically... Um, the odds were in our favor, but here we are. Um, being with others, being in this family, uh, definitely helped my mindset. Um, 
We've had a couple members in our tramley mention that they may not have finished had they not been in a tramley. And while I think that being in a tramley for myself has been really important, um, I definitely do value my ability to hike out here alone. And I say that because I did have my month of hiking solo. And I've mentioned it before and I'll repeat it now that having that month of being um, a solo hiker kind of made it possible for me to be a good Tramley member and to exist in a Tramley without it being um, a codependent relationship with those around me. I feel confident in my own hike um, and I'm able to separate when others are having a difficult time from what I am doing and I'm able to support them without their troubles impacting the joy in my day. So yeah, I think the mental game is really what it all comes down to. I think um, I'm glad that I did a bunch of preparation beforehand, although that said, you just can't really prepare for what this is until you get out here. Um, but I am happy to say that it has been going net well. Even the things that were bad, I have learned from, processed, um, and moved forward from. So. All right, I am going to carry on and uh, cross a waterfall. I don't know if you've been able to hear it in the background and carry on through Maine. Happy hiking all and I'll chat with you next time. That's all for this episode. Join us next time when our correspondents will discuss the lessons they've learned while on trail. And a special shout out to Good Soup and Second Pudding for completing their hikes. No small feat and an amazing, laudable accomplishment to be sure. Feel free to head over to the Trail Correspondents Instagram page as well as all the correspondents' personal social medias to keep up with all that's going on with them. As some readjust to post-trail life and others continue forth toward their terminus, their images serve to really capture what can't be conveyed through words alone. Until then, I am your host, Moron. Until next time, happy trails, y'all.